Hello, Hello and that. welcome. Oh, whoa, whoa. What was that? <laughs> well, I'm doing the intro. Welcome, Go welcome, for welcome. It. <laughs> this is the NS9 postgame show. Pirates defeat the first place Brewers 5-4. to four. It was a much needed win considering some of the news we got today. And it was a good one. Cody, your thoughts? One of the more thrilling day games that we get to cover this year. Or not cover. We're fans. We don't cover things. Well, well you I cover, cover things. things. You cover things. I don't cover things. One of the better day games I got to watch this year. I know I've, I've been on most of the day game post games. And this one, it was it was fun to watch. Tuning in at the beginning, though, I didn't get, I didn't catch the first two innings. So I just saw three nothing. I was like, ah, it's going to be a, a one that you got to pull up your bootstraps and just get through it. But this team, they brought it together uh, after the unfortunate start by Selby. The bullpen brings it together. You know, the opener thing, we'll get into it. But it was a really good game. Really good game by the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I've, I've felt that they've been playing, you know, not even just a little but a lot above their heads of late. Um. But that doesn't change the fact that the results have been good. Taking two of three from the best team in the division and one of the hotter teams in baseball is good. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a good result. It's, you know, it's a better result than sweeping the hopeless Royals or the <laughs> last place Cardinals. You know, this is, it's a little more tangible when you do it against a team that's actually good. Right, you almost want to compare this last month to the beginning of the season. I know the record's not I, the same. I wouldn't go quite that far because hey, I, I, I'm feeling pretty confident in these buckets. I don't know. About well, you. I mean, not to <laughs> burst your bubbles, but I'm a big believer in in how you get there matters just as much as where you end up. And to be honest, while they are putting up good results, they're needing performances from Josh Palacios, who is almost certainly not going to be on Pirates rosters for the foreseeable future. They're needing good performances from players like that to win games. And so it's you cool think. that they're so you think. <laughs> it's cool that they're winning games, but they're they're not doing it with the players you would like to see performing. Right. At least so, not all of the players you would like to see performing. You know, there are right. some. There are some Right, so let's get into today's game. Uh, as we mentioned before, they did their opener strategy again, uh, opening with Colin Selby. Uh, rough first inning for him. He only got through one inning, gives up three runs, only has two strikeouts. He gave up a home run too. I don't know. I I didn't watch. Obviously, I, I said that. I don't know if it was one three run home run. Yeah, no, I, it, was. it was one three. It was. Home run. He, he hung a slider to Adamas. Yeah, I got that update on my phone, and I was like, oh, okay. So that's how it's gonna go. But then Bailey Falter comes in, and it makes me think. I was looking at Falter's stats the last couple of times. He came in in the second spot in the opener situation. He does very well in those spots. He does. um, I think, you know, they targeted him and Thomas Hatch around the deadline because they have really good extension. It makes, you know, obviously that makes their velocity play higher than it does. Um you know, they don't have incredible stuff, and they, they have to locate to be effective. Um, but so far, Falter has been effective. Um, now, the caveat to that is that Falter has worked in shorter, you know, bursts 
per outing than you know a typical starter would he's gone i know he's gone six innings at times but today it was what 3.1 3.2 3.2 for him with three 3.2 uh how many pitches i don't i don't recall uh, pitches he had 44 pitches yeah so i mean he's working in strikes. he's working in shorter bursts so it, it's i don't think anybody is under the illusion that he is a good starter, but at least he has been effective in the role that they have him in. Yeah. What I can't say the same for is the openers that they have been employing because an opener in theory, when you have a bulk guy is a fine solution to work with what you've got. And what the pirates have is only two or two and a half real starting pitchers on the roster right now. Right. But if you're using openers, they have to be effective pitchers to make good use of them. And right. the ones they've been employing are Rob Zestrisny, who has since been DFA'd, and guys like Colin Selby, who has absolutely no idea where it's going. Right. He and has today, the stuff. But... Today, it, it works out for Selby. You know, obviously, he doesn't get a decision. He only pitched one inning. But, you know, he, they were talking about it on the broadcast today how your opener guy needs to be like, you know, keep everything under control for at least at least three innings or at least two innings, I'd say. Keep it under control so that your long reliever can come in and keep everything also under control, but he gets a little leeway. Um, and today it seemed like the opposite happened. You have Selby give up three runs in the first inning and then Falter comes in. And I've, I've, I've liked what I've seen from Falter so far this season – when in these spots, only gives up one hit, three strikeouts, three point two innings. If you, I mean, I, if you were watching the game, you saw like, okay, he was missing his spots a little bit. It was a good time to pull him out of the game. Uh, he also he struck out the guy and thought it was the third out of the inning and started walking <laughs> to the dugout. So it was like, oh, um, okay, we're gonna take you out anyway, but there's still an out we gotta get. So anyway, <laughs> that was that was kind of funny that happened in the game. But yeah, it was a it was a great time to take him out. You would love to see him get a little more work, maybe four innings, four point two, four point one. But in that spot as the long reliever, he got the job done today. And then Bolton comes in and also got the job done. Like all those guys that came in afterwards. Now I hate looking at a, a box score like this where you have one, two, three, four, five, six pitchers pitching in one game. Right. You would think if that happened, something terrible had happened but in reality no, you're just looking at a, a normal box score down the stretch for the 2023 pirates that's what you're and that's our reality today yeah and it works out nobody else gave up any runs uh holderman came up he holderman, gave up three hits yeah. which was rough he, uh, he and, gave and up he, a run he gave up a run um which i missed somehow he's he's looked great <laughs> recently um and I like Holderman for the foreseeable little future, shake, for sure. Yeah, a little shakier today, but he's been – his ERA was up in the fours at one point, and it's it's a little harder for relievers to – well, maybe not a little harder for relievers, but um, with how inconsistent he was earlier in the year, he's had a nice run recently. I, I think it was down below three before he came into this one, correct? Yeah, I think so, and after, after the game, it's uh, 3.06. So okay, I, I would yeah, I assume just, it was under. Again with Selby, I just I don't 
I don't see why he would be good at that role, considering the kind of pitcher that he is. It just, I agree. It, it doesn't seem like the right role for him, although I also don't think a major league role is the right role for him. Right. Um, <laughs> he's just he's one of those September call-ups, you know? You hear, well, the, I mean, it's, hear the sirens? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the, that's the September call-ups coming. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, everybody... Every pitcher in the majors has at least decent stuff, right? Yeah. Colin Selby has some pretty good stuff, but you can't, you're not going to be anybody with staying power at this level if you can't command it effectively. And he walked 6.35 per nine at AAA. He is the definition of a thrower. Yeah. And uh, I want to end our pitching discussion up for today. With Bednar, Bednar comes in, he lets up one hit, but he gets two strikeouts uh, to get us out of it. But I don't know. I've had this feeling with Bednar recently where it's like he'll he'll get us in a spot where it's like, eh, what are we doing? You know, like get, let's just get out of here, man. Don't get yeah, anybody he, on. He certainly don't, hasn't don't go been three zero in account. <laughs> <laughs> he certainly hasn't been the same dominant pitcher that he was in the first half. He's still gotten. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Nicholas. I it's no clue. <laughs> completely confusing. It doesn't. It make is held any together sense. somehow. <laughs> it is held together by duct tape and prayers. Um, but yeah, Bednar, he hasn't really been that same dominant reliever that we've seen that we saw from him in the first half. Because those yeah. first couple of months, he was legitimately putting up an Eric Gagne type type line. Mm-hmm. You know, he was not walking anybody. He was striking out a certain amount. We haven't really seen that. You haven't really seen that recently. Um, and it maybe it's, you know, and we've seen some second half regression from him in past seasons. So I, I do wonder how much of it is fatigue. And my tinfoil hat theory is that these guys thrive in the highest stakes environment possible. And this is just about the lowest possible stakes you can get. You know, and if unless you want to go pitch for the the Royals or the A's, it, stakes don't get much lower than this. Right, I agree with that standpoint. Like you know, when you're that's, preparing, that's my tinfoil hat. As a as a guy who you know, like you said, you're getting ready for the highest stakes situations, and you're a closer for the Pirates who are ten games below 500. I mean, the only thing you really have to hype yourself up for this game is to get or for this spot in the ninth is that you're co- you're going for a series win against the top team in the division and you're going for the the win of the series you're going to take two out of three that's the only thing that's hyping you up here late in august uh, now we're in september so it's like when it's not like okay we need this game to get another notch in the win column to get us to the top of the division it's hard to get yourself ready for that. And I think Bednar is one of those guys where he likes those high pressure situations, like you said. Right. Just not. And I wouldn't. Today. I wouldn't put that much faith in it because it is completely crackpot. It is completely tinfoil hat, and I will fully admit that. But I mean that it. You know, these guys are professional athletes, and part of professional athletes is the mental skills side of things. Like I. I mean, I talked about this when I did the 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 prospect show after I got back from Altoona at Greensboro like half of their coaching staff is mental skills coaches, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't doubt that Bednar is well-prepared or that he is, you know, not into it. That's not what I'm saying. (laughs) 
I love God that. damn it, Doug. Let's just end it with that. Let's just end well, it. Well, I Go wanted ahead. to get, I want, before we move <laughs> on to the offense today, I wanted to talk about this. Stakes are not low for the Brewers. Totally disagree. Bednar plays for the Pirates. So <laughs> the stakes are low for Bednar. They're not like that, but that I guess could be another thing that he's like, oh, I could, I could mess up the groove yeah, of the play- Brewers. Well, that's what you always hear with the Pirates around this time of year. Is well, you know, they have a really good opportunity to play spoiler, right. and they very they're, rarely they're do. This year chaos. they are. This year they are. <laughs> that's all they do is cause chaos late in the season. That does nothing for them <laughs> in terms of getting a playoff spot. Yeah, but there we go. Move. Sean, Sean, Sean Hooper's got it right. He's big boned. There you go, big boned. We're all a little big boned. I know we're I'm a little big boned. Yeah. <laughs> so let's move on to the offense. Uh, Hayes. Just continues oh to be on a tear. He he gets his second home run in three games. I know that was the big stat that people were talking about on Twitter once he hit that home run. Um, was, compared to his other home runs, it was a little short. It was only 385. He hit like 99 miles per hour. I just know he can do better. <laughs> I've seen it. So you, I want it. <laughs> what, what are you expecting, O'Neal Cruz? He hit one, uh, what? Last week Four, it was like 426. 424. Yeah, 424. I think that was the number. And he, yeah, he and so. what he hit one early in the year in St. Louis that was I think it went because St. Louis is pretty cavernous to the to left field. Yeah. And he hit it to left center and it didn't, you know, clear the fence by all that much. And it was like oh, when 440. You look at stat, yeah, when you look at Statcast, it was 440. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> But that's and that was, that was back in April. That was in that April series um, that they split with the Cardinals. But, I mean, the power is in there. And it's just watching him hit the past month and really his line since the start of June. I know in June he did have, you know, a little bit of struggles and it wasn't the version of him that we've seen in August, but he did put up a good line in June. But the version of him that we've seen since the start of August is just unbelievable. He's so consistent. He's hitting the ball I mean, he's always hit the ball hard, but he's hitting the ball harder than ever. He's pulling the ball more. He's he's elevated it better than he has ever pretty much all year. But now he's doing it consistently and he's combining all three of these things where he's elevating, pulling it and hitting it hard. And it's just yeah. it's all clicking for him right now. And it's com- combined with his because he's always had really good bat to ball skills, too. You know, the, the makings of a guy who is going to be a star player were always there. We saw that in the, like the first month he was here. It's just been a matter of finding that. And he has absolutely found that again. Right. And I know amongst all of us, we've been talking about like he's finally, it feels like he's finally breaking that mold or, or whatever it was that he was just not where he was, like you said, where he was when he came up. And now it seems like he's a legitimate threat at third base in the major leagues and today not only getting the home run but also getting walks and then scoring so he scored two runs today which is more than anybody else on the roster today so to just be able to get on base and get around the bases from that standpoint hell of a job by Hayes today he um, Hayes, this version of Key Brian Hayes is legitimately an MVP candidate. Obviously not this year, but if he puts up a full season of this, he's going to get MVP votes. Right. It's just, it's, it's inevitable that if he performs this way for a full season that he will. 
because that's 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 a six to seven war player. Yeah. It legitimately is. Absolutely. And it, it kind of it, as much as much crap as we give this rebuild, it does kind of change the dynamic a little bit from we're totally screwed to hey, we might not be. <laughs> right. And then we hop up to the sixth inning where we get some more scoring going from two people that are basically the same person. Just one is like a little more eccentric than the other. First, you have Jack Swinski gets a double and he scores uh, or he hits in Cabrian Hayes and uh, or no, he hit in Reynolds. I'm sorry. I'm like all over the place. Hit in Reynolds. Uh, Brian Hayes went to third. So that's an RBI for Jack Swinski. Something we don't see every day, uh, <laughs> which we should at this point in his career. And then Josh Palacios comes up and he scores Hayes. So two guys who have played very similarly. I wouldn't uh, say they've played similarly. They're like yin and yang. I, I, I mean, their stats are pretty, pretty much the same. How are how is that yin and yang? I feel like yin and, yin and yang in there. What like, is Palacios? Is Palacios's OPS over six forty now? I couldn't tell you. I, I take it game by game. <laughs> yeah, because I don't think it is. It might be, but it. it... Yeah, Josh Palacios. But anyway, um, yeah, those guys come in. It's it's two... six forty eight. <laughs> right. So two guys that have been playing similarly as of late, just one coming up a little more clutch than the other in most situations. They they score us two runs to tie it in the sixth. Oh, you mean recently? Yeah, okay. They've been. Oh, yeah, they've yeah. Been yeah. E- I'm sorry. They've been equal amounts of. <laughs> I thought you meant like on the full season. No, 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 no. They've. No. The final line has both been equal amounts of terrible for both of them, but the difference is that Palacios is just an enigma where he seems to consistently come up big in situations that matter. Right, right. And then we just continue the scoring for the Pirates going to the seventh. Jiwan Bay gets a triple where he. Didn't trip over second, but he wasn't sure if he'd get the third. So it was just like a, a weird thing. He like he rounded the base. Third base coach was more worried about getting the run home. And then he looked at Bay and was like, Yeah, you're down. You're here. <laughs> it was it was a wild situation uh on Bay's triple, but delay scores off of that. That gives us the lead, and we would keep the lead from there. And then everyone's favorite call up of the September call-ups, Miguel Andujar scores another RBI for us. So that puts us in the position of we're in the driver's seat, we're winning, Pirates give up one more run, and then as we already discussed, Bednar shut the door. It was a little squeaky, but he shut the door. (laughs) I I don't know, man. I just – I consistently see those base-running awkward moments from Bay – he got thrown mm-hmm. out, caught stealing yesterday when he really he should have been. It looked like he was safe by a mile, but because he didn't get his foot down, he was out. I mean, it's just it's and today in the first, he made a pretty large mental mistake when he threw to third um, mm-hmm. on the uh, on the he, it was it was a fly ball hit to him. It was a deep fly ball. Um, I forget who it was by. It was by the batter before um, Adamus, I think. Um, but anyways, he threw to third, and that allowed the the runner to move to second. Now, ultimately, it didn't matter because Adamus hit a three-run homer. Yeah. But the, it's the the little fundamental things with Bay that we consistently see him mess up on, 
and it just it doesn't feel like he's getting actually any better at them. Right, and that's what's worrisome with him is like, and it's like at some point you got to figure it out, man. I mean, I know the off season's coming. He's going to have time to consistently work on these things day in and day out. He's going to have that opportunity. It's just a matter of seeing the result when we go into spring training. He, um, the other thing is that he's had years to work on these things. These are yeah. basic fundamental tenets of the game. And for a player like him, whose offensive ceiling, you know, is perhaps a little more limited than somebody else's, you know, he has to be good at those things to utilize his tool set. Mm-hmm. You know, those are fundamental things that he has to consistently be able to do. Um, that's the other thing. That's the other side of this. Bay is just the most glaring example of a problem with pirates development that just the players that come up for the pirates, they don't know how to slide. They, they don't know what base to throw to. They don't know how many outs there are. They don't know how to step on first base. Yeah. It's just Bay is the most glaring and consistent example of that. And he's been, it's, it's shown his, he's been, they've been less aggressive with him on the base paths because he yep. is he was getting thrown out so much and getting picked off so much because he couldn't read pitchers. Yeah, and when you look at the base situation on the base path from face value, it really seems like it was, you know, all through the minors was, oh, he's just you're so fast, do do whatever right. you want out there. You you're so fast you can make up for a mistake. That's not how it works in the major leagues. You're not gonna get you're not gonna get the benefit of the doubt on a mistake on the base path. Because there's too many players out there on a daily basis that have been playing for their entire lives at a high level that are going to know how to get you out if you trip up over second base. So today he gets lucky getting safe into third, but it's something he needs to work on. It's like what we talked about with Colin Selby, right? Where Colin Selby has very good stuff. He was striking out 12 per nine, over 12 per nine in the, I think it was almost 13. It was, it was a pretty, ridiculous stat for a professional pitcher to have to be striking out 13 pitchers per nine innings the problem is he's not really a pitcher you know that yeah. it's the same thing where that kind of stuff will work against inferior competition but it's not going to work here yeah and before we move on i want to talk about this bay is a wacky player some things he does is like little league but then he has the talent to overcome we saw this early in the season. He's it's just plain and simple. He's just a raw talent that the pirates haven't seemed to be able to mold. He's just so raw that they, for some reason they haven't been able to stick it in his head. The fundamentals we saw it when he played the out, when he played center field in Boston, that's the one that sticks in my head the most. He makes a ridiculous play, but it's because he had a bad jump on the ball. And that's that's been the theme with most of the ridiculous catches that he's made is most of them come as a result of not getting a good jump, not getting a good read or taking a bad route. Right. And we see the same thing with other guys they put out there like Henry Davis. Henry Davis has bad routes to balls, so it makes him look bad in the outfield. It's just lear- learning that at a high level while also just having not having the coaching staff. This is speculation, but not having this coaching staff that is able to teach that to you at such a high level. That's where we see the problem. Um, But from talking about bad defense, I want to talk about some good defense that happened today. The Pirates infield is just ridiculously talented. (laughs) You had a diving catch by Alika Williams 
early earlier in the game. I want to say it was like the third or fourth inning. The ridiculous. They're they're talented defensively for the first time all season because they have employed some <laughs> some less than palatable options since O'Neill Cruz went down. Marcano was terrible there. Rodolfo was terrible there. Owings was the only one who showed any adequacy there at yeah. shortstop. Um, but he I'd was say, so abysmal of a hitter that he was that it was unpalatable even for the Pirates to continue. But I would play. I would give the Pirates the benefit of the doubt for the fact that since they had brought Triolo up, not today, but in the past, since he first came up to now, they have made it a priority to have good defense in the infield because Triolo's that guy. He's the you know he he replaced Cabrian. He was very good defensively. Now you have Alika Williams, who nobody really knew about. You know, he was tearing it up in AAA uh, offensively, but nobody really knew too much about his glove, I think. Then he comes up and he's making great plays. I mean, it was, shortstop. it was, his glove was highly touted. Right. But I mean, me as a, a guy who just looks at the box scores of, <laughs> of AAA games, I was seeing that he was hitting the ball too. So I was like, oh, this is interesting. Let's see what he can do. And then you have Peggy. Just, I love Peggy. I got to talk to Peggy when we were in spring training. Just a cool dude. Great guy. Loves Just loves playing baseball. He makes another ridiculous he's, play he's at second base today. He's such personality. He is. And he makes such an amazing play today at second base. Catches the ball at his face while he's going to the ground and gets the out at first. I just – the offense I saw from – or the defense I saw from this team in the infield today, just great job. Well, not, just make – like to be that good – on defense like everybody else compared to Cabrian Hayes like to be just as good like on the same level it seemed today that's just I want to see that consistently I mean yeah you do and I mean Piguero's another guy who the talent is absolutely there um he struggled with you know some mental issues with throwing in the minors um it's a large part of what those you know, nearly 40 errors he put up a few years ago was, and it still is a little rough, particularly at short. Um, not that he doesn't have the athletic ability there, but it is just, again, a little raw. Um, but it, it, he's displayed now multiple times that he is not lacking in the athletic ability to make some great plays happen. Right. And Alika, and- Alika Williams is just a solid fundamental defender. Exactly. And, you know, not to loop back into this conversation, but it's not a coincidence that he is good fundamentally when he wasn't developed by the Pirates, mostly. Right Now, that's exactly. not getting into the fact that he is a completely unplayable hitter, but defensively... Hey, got a single today. Got, he had a nice hit today. Got on base. <laughs> he's, he's good for that every few days. Good for a hit every few days. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. You make good plays on defense, get on base every other day. I'll take it. <laughs> no, he's he's got he's a negative war player by like a I'm lot. I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> I'm just saying, if I see him get on base, I'll be like, hey, that guy, he's all right. <laughs> but no, definitely not a guy we want to have on the major league roster next year. I think uh, second base. I mean, this is my dream middle infield is O'Neill Cruz and Leo Piguero. That's the yeah. dream infield right now as a Pirates fan. I think that's I, what we'll I, end up with. I think Triolo backing up a couple of the different infield positions is I think that's his role. I, I really do. I I mean, not to get 
too far into this, but I just I never understood why he was sent down when he was playing so well. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it and he was sent down, and they started giving time and opportunity to guys who have performed, you know, substantially worse in Williams and you know Vinny Cabra yeah. and even Bay getting time in the infield. Um, Pagaro's the only one that that's really you know, af- offensively since that date done anything in the infield other than Hayes. Right. You know, even Alfonso Rivas, even the first baseman is, is just not producing. Right. So it, it didn't make sense to me that he got sent down in the first place. And I'm, I'm glad to see him back because he was, I'm, I'm, I don't think he's a three war player. <laughs> I'm not going to go that far, but he performed at a three war pace while he was here. And you know, he's he just, was, he he's was just hitting, flat out serviceable. He's he's adequate. He is solid fundamentally at the game of baseball. He looks the part. He right. was hitting 270 and getting on base at a 350 clip. I really don't care what his slugging is. Right. You know, you do well, that with the defense that's second only to Hayes. Right. And you're going to be a net positive player. Right. Well, I think we've talked about everything we could talk about with this game today. It was a great game. Since you know, we got on this ta- tangent about other guys that aren't even on the team any- right now, or that just got called up. Uh, so, any more thoughts on today's game before we head out? I I think they really needed this as a group today, especially with the yeah. news to to McCutcheon, which it right. just it that totally blows. And it's you know, of course, you know, mentioning Triolo, it is the reason why they called up Triolo was because McCutcheon season is of course over. Um, right. sitting at 299 just sucks for him, you know. And I don't know about you, but it, it's seeing how often everybody insisted that he was healthy this year right. and that he consistently told people, you know, people were being told that the off days were, were normal and just part of the everyday routine for him. You know, I wonder how much he's been dealing with this year. Because especially because headed into headed into July, I don't think you know it's really mentioned how good he was up to that point. Because he was he was a 133 WRC hitter going into July. That's really really good, yeah. like really good. And it's it's incredible. It's an incredible rebound for him. But then in late June. You know, he goes down on that elbow that's just been hurt all season long. And he it's McCutcheon's not a guy that shows pain a lot. Right. And when he went down on that elbow, he was down on the ground for a while. Well, he even was, last it, night. He, he was in pretty severe pain. And right. then, you know, they put him on the 10-day IL. He missed the minimum amount of days, or I think a little more than that. And he went, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then right. all of July, he just – it was – it was so obviously bothering him yeah. and he, he was just having so much trouble catching up to the fastball, which is completely unlike him. Right. And so I just, I wonder how many more injuries he's dealt with this year. Right. And even last night when the Achilles kind of the partial tear happened, he, he's not the guy to go out there and like test something out. You could see he was walking towards third base, kind of testing it out. He was like, what is that? He's like, you know, you don't really see that from a guy like Kutch. Like you said, he keeps he keeps all that in. So I mean, this is I mean, we all know this, all him. this does all this does is set up 
you know, opening day 2024, he's going to hit like a three run shot and get 300. <laughs> That's all that's going to happen. I mean, we know this was the same guy who did not flinch after being hit with an Araldus Chapman fastball at 103. By the, at the head. Sh- uh, yeah, by the head, up and in, <laughs> uh, at the shoulder blades. You know, when he. <laughs> when he was hit in the back square in the back with a 97 mile an hour fastball in Arizona, you know, he went down, but he didn't miss much time. And there were times there where I was pretty convinced he was wearing some sort of back wrap or or some sort of brace there. And he's, he has that energy. He has that mindset. I am going to play through this. I am fine. I can manage this pain level. And I just moving forward at his age, and, you know, I appreciate that energy, but maybe don't do that for the 2023 Pirates. Right. <laughs> you know, well, anyway, it seems when like he's been healthy, are, the, yeah. when he's been healthy, the bat speed is there. I'm not exactly I'm not concerned. Right. So I think that'll do it for us today. Um, looking forward, we got I think they're doing the, the big three, you know, Donardo, Jim and Tyler. I think they're going with a NS9 live tonight instead of tomorrow. Um, and I, I believe they'll talk about they'll talk about the cut stuff, obviously. Uh, they'll talk about some other news that came out today that Bubba Chandler is going to double A, making his debut on Friday, and that'll be his final start of this year's uh, campaign. So I'm sure they'll talk <sighs> about that as well. Um, but yeah, look forward to that tonight, uh, probably around 9 o'clock-ish as usual. Uh, so that's tonight's NS9 Live. And, I was uh, hoping to get sure. credentials for that. I didn't think he would make his debut this year. Yeah, they, they announced that today. It was I missed uh, that. Probably entirely. to make up for the Skeens news, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's been good, man, recently. I know he's he been, been he's had a bit of a rough go of it this season, but that's mm-hmm. the stuff is just so electric with him. Yeah, he's if been he gets, solid. I, I've talked about this a bunch, but if he gets even an iota of feel for pitching, he's going to be good. Right, exactly. I'm with you. So just going forward, just, you know, everybody follow us everywhere. We're everywhere. We're on TikTok. We're on Instagram. I run the Instagram. Look under your table. We're there. Exactly. You know, look in your, you know, you you check your pantry for paper plates or something. We're there. We're there. Cody's Cody is in your walls. Donardo is (laughs) living in your basement. Jim is sleeping in your attic. We are there. We are everywhere. But yeah, last night we had Jim went to the Greensboro game. He did. He, I, I saw he did that. a takeover on Instagram and Facebook. Great job by Jim. He had Tamar Johnson repost one of his stories that he put up. We're doing big things on Instagram, so make sure you're following us there. Um, obviously, Twitter. Uh, join the Discord and subscribe here. But you don't need me to tell you that. I'll uh, I'll let Jim's stupid face tell you. Yep. Peace. Have a good one. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can, uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video and subscribe to the page, it helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks.